Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Junity Wealth Management, and thanks for joining us again this week where we talk about everything that goes goes on in the markets that's affecting the economy. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about uh, what's going on in Ukraine and how that's affecting things. And of course, the theme for the last couple of years, uh, inflation and interest rates. Um, but with that, as always, uh, let's take a moment to remind everyone that everything we do cover on here is for information purposes only. Always do your own due diligence or uh, reach out to us. Go to MikeOnMoney.com. Uh, we have all our other content there you can look at or uh, give us a call, fire us an email. Happy to, happy to discuss uh, any particular situation or uh, strategy that might be appropriate or effective in your uh, in your portfolios. So with that, as always, we touch a bit on COVID-19. I'm not going to spend a lot of time this week on it. Uh, obviously, its impact on the markets and the economy uh, have been dwindling, uh, although we still are suffering a lot of the uh, kind of carryover from the pandemic closures, uh, supply chain issues, and of course, the driving up of inflation, uh, in which uh, is really driving the markets in 2022. But we'll address those under independent uh, effects. Uh, really nothing more uh, to talk about, you know, from from uh, from last week. Uh, just seem like the uh, the restrictions are unwinded more and more. Uh, there is some pockets of surgeons, uh, resurgence in the number of cases, but hospitalizations stay low. Uh, so uh, so things move on uh, until we hear anything different or uh, any changes uh, on that front pretty much uh, becoming less and less of our future outlook uh, when it talk, when we talk about the economy or the markets. So with that, let's take a look at what's going on this week. Uh, we are looking at the home price index for January is going to be coming out and the uh, the consumer, uh, consumer confidence for March numbers are coming out. So we'll have a close eye on that. We have actually started to see, um, and this is pocket, so this is not a general trend yet. We don't have the data on that, but we have started to see some weakness in uh, in the housing prices. And when I say weakness, I just mean, uh, you know, we were in a state of frenzy. Basically, you list your house, you get whatever, you know, a dozen or more offers all above asking price, and it sold the next day. We're starting to see cases where uh, we've seen a few sales below asking price uh, and not getting those multiple offers, you know, maybe only one offer coming in. So uh, is that a trend that, uh, that's going to, going to pick up uh, or is it just kind of, um, you know, local, uh, the local trend where we've seen, uh, you know, one spot here, one spot there. We have seen some in Toronto and some in Vancouver uh, where the pricing markets exist, uh, start, to, start to show those signs. So uh, we're going to keep a close eye on this. Obviously, the numbers coming out for March uh, will be an indication of what might be happening on that front. We have seen interest rates move up quite a bit, so uh, that could be having an impact on, on buyers' decisions. Uh, stock futures are just a little bit higher, uh, again, um, as bond yields edge closer to kind of the, the flash and signal of potential recession. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the bond yields, uh, but the stock futures are starting to show some some indication of a slower growth uh, and, high, and with higher interest rates. Uh, we've talked about that. You know, more and more, we're starting to see uh, different different calls for a possible Q2 recession in the markets. 
you know, probability is starting to increase uh, on a regular basis. I'd say in January, uh, it was an early call uh, by, by a couple of places. We started to get a lot more nervous early February, kind of before the war, that the potential was increasing quite dramatically. Uh, and now more and more uh, trends, you know, even when we, you know, when we talk about interest rates, we're going to look at the yield curve is starting to invert. Uh, you know, futures are starting to indicate uh, a slower growth or negative growth for a period of time. Again, so far, it is looking like if we do go into that recession territory, it will be brief, um, but we might actually get there in Q2. So we'll keep a close eye on those things. Uh, investors are really, of course, monitoring the peace talks between Russia and Ukraine, which resumed uh, today in Istanbul. Uh, for the first time in two weeks. So, you know, the markets have laxed a little bit today or starting to feel a little bit better today uh, as those showed signs of potential positivity. Um, you know, uh, we've been bullish on those talks before and then, uh, you know, things kind of ended badly. So we'll have to keep uh, keep a look to see uh, what kind of news comes out of there. And uh, Europe rose led uh, by 1%. Uh, Europe, sorry, Europe's index rose by about 1%, led mostly by automakers. Um, Barclays fell by about 4% for a second day after they admitted to a, uh, a debt sale mistake that's going to cost them uh, or could cost them uh, almost $600 million. So uh, they might, they're taking a hit a bit on earnings. But overall, as I said, the sentiment is a little bit more positive today on those new uh, those new Russian Ukraine talks happening. A U.S. Treasury yield curve uh, starting to divergence and mixes uh, mixed signals of recession. Uh, so this has been the call, as I mentioned, since January that if we go into this inverted yield curve, we could go into negative growth for uh, well, if you go three months in negative growth. Uh, you are in a recession. So starting to show more and more signs that we could get there. Now, again, the call for this recession would be a short one. It could very, be very well be a situation um, that you don't know you're in a recession until you're out of it because uh, the, the, the way a recession is technically defined is three months of negative growth. Uh, so if, uh, if it is a short recession, uh, we could be coming out of it just in the third month of negative growth and then be out of it by the fourth. So when you actually make the official call of a recession, you've actually come through it. So again, we're starting to see more and more of those more, more and more of those uh, signals uh, kind of triggering that that more uh, more opinion uh, that we're headed towards a recession. Uh, flood, funds are flocking back to the uh, to the curve after it flattened after the Fed did do their uh, their interest rate hike of a quarter percent. Now again, they did do that quarter percent hike, but they've also signaled pretty much the next one's going to be at least a half a percent. The market kind of shrugged that off more on positivity uh, out of the Ukraine Russia situation, but it is still there. Remember, the underlying theme is inflation, interest rates this year. There is other things affecting it, a war, uh, but that underlying theme still exists and uh, and we have to work our way through that. So the Fed has indicated likely a half percent for the uh, for the next uh, the next hike. So if we do see that, do expect more volatility in the market, uh, you know, pretty much across the board. Uh, Biden's uh, budget, uh, he's just rolling out his budget, putting a big boost in, in uh, military spending. In fact, I think it's one of the uh, the, the r record uh, largest uh, military spending 
increase during peacetime, looking for about $5.79 trillion uh, to build up their, uh, their reserves, their fleets, their equipments, uh, in case something happens in the future. And we're seeing this in a lot of countries around the, around the world. Uh, Germany's done the same. Canada's talking about doing the same. Uh, Canada's uh, put out uh, interest in bids for uh, the Lockheed uh, F-35 jet to, uh, to update uh, our Air Force. Uh, so more and more countries are spending more money on defense as the concern, not just what's happened in the Ukraine, but that there could be more challenges down the road and they want to be prepared. Uh, U.S. Uh, trade deficit is uh, narrows in February, but still record high. Uh, but we have seen it come off the high in January. So that is that trend, you know, uh, uh, see that trend continue because uh, those those large numbers continue to weigh on the economic growth of the first quarter. And again, going into second quarter, could we see negative growth? OPEC uh, plus is set to increase slightly. Uh, the output of oil and gas around the world, despite what's happened in Ukraine, they're not really looking on turning on the taps completely. Uh, so again, we don't expect oil prices to come off their highs that much. Uh, in fact, uh, probably still a strong, a strong trend for oil uh, as we go into May and June. Um, you know, keep in mind oil oil production. Is, uh, is a bit like turning a ship. It's not something you can just turn the tap on, turn the tap off. It takes time. So when they're looking at supply increases or supply decreases, they have to really take a longer term approach. Uh, and, and obviously like, like having the price stronger because that means bigger profits for them. Uh, but we do, probably won't see them really increase the output uh, you know, in, in short order. It's going to be a longer trend that we have to play on the energy front. U.S. moles shaking up the uh, stock trading rules to aid small investors. So this has been an ongoing challenge. I mean, last or in the last couple of years, you know, we saw the uh, the power of the small investor with the uh, the the Reddit uh, stocks with internet uh, trading around things like GameStop, uh, which continues today, and we're still seeing some uh, different plays in there. Uh, and the U.S. is looking at their their rules, their trading rules. Uh, to see if they can't make it a little bit more transparent uh, and easier for smaller investors to have uh, same access as uh, institutional investors. So we'll see where that comes out uh, comes from. Uh, it's not going to be anything that's going to happen overnight. So we'll keep a close eye uh, around any new information on that front. Uh, U.S. Treasury is also proposing a new plan to enforce the 15% global minimum corporate tax. So part of that budget that Biden put out there to boost military spending was also to have a minimum tax on kind of the billionaires or, or you know, the elite uh, around the world. Uh, and uh, in the last uh, last year, 136 countries came together to uh, to look at putting a global minimum tax into place, uh, basically saying, you, you know, to to try to stop the parking of cash in non-taxed or very low tax jurisdictions on the global front. We've seen some corporations do that where they'll set up a, uh, a company in uh, in a low tax or no tax jurisdiction, uh, even though the primary sales or the primary uh, revenue is being generated in say the US or Canada or anywhere in the world, uh, and then avoiding uh, or at least minimizing a lot of their tax bills. So. Uh, countries around the world have come together to say, no, you know, it doesn't matter where your revenues come or where you're located, there is going to be a, a, a minimum tax. Uh, so there's uh, so there's more push to get that into place, especially as more spending in the U.S. 
uh, and around the world continues to rise. Let's take a look at what we see coming up this week. Uh, the, the Labor Department's looking to, to see uh, what the monthly job openings and turnovers were. Uh, we're expecting that the, uh, the job openings have dropped a bit from, from February, although February's 11 million was a, was a big number. Uh, as we see that trend kind of not reversing, but certainly uh, plateauing a bit and, and slowing down. Uh, separately, uh, we're looking at the Consumer Confidence Index, uh, likely to have dipped in March as people get more and more nervous, especially with the war going on. Very likely we're going to see that start to pull back. And in fact, when we look at things like the VIX, uh, which is the volatility index, uh, we're seeing more and more, again, more and more indications that people are getting concerned and that we're headed towards that possible recession. Memory chip maker Micron Technology expected to report they're uh, uh, probably near Dublin uh, in the second quarter net income uh, boosted by lower cost and uh, you know obviously huge demand for chips for computer electronics and everywhere uh, everywhere we use them uh, but I would still say look uh, look out on the supply chain logistic hurdles that uh, that chip manufacturers are going to be facing with the uh, the Ukraine Russia crisis because again a lot of the Raw material, all the supply uh, is coming out of that area that was feeding into their manufacturing. So we're very likely to see a push up on their costs, their supply costs, uh, and, and logistics to get uh, to get their product out to market. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Just not not just Micron, but all the chip manufacturers. Uh, on the, uh, the U.S. front, Tesla is, is going to seek shareholder approval for a stock split. So we saw the, the shares surge, obviously stock splits. Markets generally like stock splits. Uh, and they're seeking approval to, uh, to, uh, to increase its number of shares and enable a stock split uh, to form a, uh, a, a broader liquid uh, company and start to provide dividends. Uh, as they continue to mature as a company and the revenues start to stabilize more. So that's driving the price up. We've seen this in the past. Apple's done it many, many, many times. Google's got one planned for July. Uh, the, the list goes on. But uh, uh, probably, uh, probably we'll see shareholder approval and we'll see that go through. Uh, the, the important thing at this point is to uh, see where the stock price settles pre-split um, because usually what they're looking for is a bump up after the split happens as well. Deal on the rules forcing tech giants to police content is possible in April. Uh, so this follows, uh, we've been following this trend as the EU, the EU tends to be a bit of a trendsetter when it comes to uh, or standard setter, I should say, when it comes to uh, kind of antitrust rules or technology, um, technology rules around uh, policy, uh, and the rest of the world tends to follow suit afterwards. Uh, and this has been going on for a while in the EU. They've been really looking uh, pretty hard on this at uh, the, the, the tech giants out there. Obviously, there's the misinformation issues out there. There's age uh, issues uh, and, and also the, the different hate speech and content on their platforms. Uh, and, uh, and they try to, they all have their own way of monitoring. They have their own internal policies of policing that or, 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 or managing that. But the EU is looking at putting out uh, a broad um, countrywide or continent-wide set of rules for those platforms to uh, make them responsible for managing the content to a certain standard. So that could mean legal, 
repercussions if they don't have in place proper monitoring of content and postings. Uh, but we're going to have to see what that looks like. Obviously, that will impact the the cost of operating in that, in that jurisdiction, but also in the broader jurisdictions. As I said, most countries tend to follow the uh, the EU standards once they're accepted. Uh, Apple's looking to cut iPhone and AirPod output as Apple has uh, seen a slowdown caused by the war. Uh, again, uh, production uh, cycles are being interrupted. Uh, you know, uh, the the more pessimistic outlook of uh, uh, of your consumer buyers are spending less and less as, again, those concerns of uh, a, a possible recession continue to build. Uh, HP is seeking to ride hybrid work boom uh, by buying a $1.1 billion uh, company called Poly. Uh, Poly is a video device maker uh, that goes, a lot of the stuff goes into the technology around the hybrid uh, work and hybrid in, uh, technologies. Uh, they're looking to expand that out as we see more and more uh, shift into uh, hybrid technology in, across all, uh, all markets. See e-commerce unit, uh, a unit of Shopee uh, to shut down India operations. So uh, this is the gaming firm C uh, said to withdraw from India's retail market just months after starting their operations there. Uh, the, it's the second pullback actually they've done in a month in overseas expansion uh, as, as they, they quickly started to see uh, a lot of losses in, in breaking into these markets uh, and they just don't see the uh, strong growth for the next year to really sustain them uh, through those loss periods in order to turn into profitabilities. So uh, again, that, that, that weaker growth outlook is gonna start to affect the, uh, the, the growth and expansion of companies. So if you're invested in any industry, um, it's really important that this, this point in the cycle of the market is to not look so much at the past numbers, but really start to look and see if those numbers are repeatable. Right. We saw a lot of growth in 2021. Uh, we already saw some pullbacks in, in some companies going into 2022. Uh, but as we see their numbers, their profitability numbers come out, uh, we really have to look at what the source of that, 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 that growth or expansion was. And is that going to be re repeatable? Is it going to be under pressure this year? Uh, because there are a lot of factors at play. As we mentioned, we still have the supply chain, we have inflation impact, and we have slowing economies uh, that could uh, really impact things. Uh, so just be really uh, conscious of uh, research reports that are only looking at, hey, here was the numbers for 2021. It looks great. It might not necessarily be that, uh, that strong of outlook for 2022 dependent on the sector, dependent on the company, and de dependent on how these different things might impact them. On the, uh, on the currency front, we saw the, uh, the euro struggle a bit to climb, uh, you know, to, to climb or hold sustainably above a 110 US dollar. Uh, obviously some positive news out of the negotiations with Ukraine and Russia are holding them in there, uh, but we probably see uh, a bit of weakness if those fall apart. The ruble did rise to a four week high uh, versus the US dollar in hopes that there's some sort of breakthrough, breakthrough talk, um, but we'll have to see again how that plays out. As we mentioned uh, on the bond market, uh, investors are keeping a very close eye on the bond market. However, as we said, those predicting uh, signs of a potential uh, recession are really starting to show themselves. And the bond market tends to be the one that sees it first. So the bonds, 
future markets tend to pick up on uh, recessionary trends before uh, the equity market. So keeping a very close eye on that, they are uh, they are trending more and more towards that uh, uh, that yield inversion or the curve inversion. And, uh, and if we go go there, as I said, it's kind of looking like second quarter. On the commodity front, oil price edge a bit higher again. It's holding in there really strong. We're seeing some fluctuation kind of between 103 and 110. Uh, broke through the 110 briefly last week, came coming back off a little bit. Uh, gold fell a bit this morning in the uh, in the European sessions, about $35 an ounce, uh, bouncing back up again a little uh, by uh, by just before I started this the session, uh, but still holding in strong. We are seeing a little bit of sell off again. Just it, it spiked up on the war, uh, so we'll see a little bit of weakness uh, as the um, as the optimism that that there could be some positivity out of those talks. Uh, but keep in mind that the the longer trend going back to what are we looking at for 2022? It's inflation and interest rates uh, that still signals a longer. Uh, strength in the gold market. So we're not giving up on gold, just like energy. We see a little bit of volatility on the short-term outlook of the war, uh, but the longer-term outlook of inflation and interest rates, uh, the the long-term trend is still there. So uh, keep that in mind when you're buying, buying the dip, selling selling the highs. Uh, not, to, not to say you should be out there day trading uh, or, or trying to guess or time the market, uh, but if you are looking at stepping your foot in, you see a pullback. Those are the days to to uh, wade your uh, wade your toe in. Uh, looking at that longer trend, longer trend of strength that we'll likely see through 2022. So with that, that's all I have for us this week. Uh, again, if you have any specific questions, please reach out mikeonmoney.com. Happy to answer any questions. We'll be back again live uh, next Tuesday. Uh, for this, you can also catch the replay on YouTube and our podcast on uh, Spotify or uh, Apple. And uh, if you want to catch any of our previous updates, feel free to go there. Uh, but as always, have yourself a great week and look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.